When it comes time for you to pass along some of the wisdom you've learned to someone much younger than you, where are you going to start? If some young upstarts ask an older executive about stability and longevity and the secret to success, where is that older executive going to begin? You see, for the Apostle Paul, this was the concern for both of his protégés. Now, one had found himself in a church that was struggling to survive, and the other was in a church that needed to simply begin well. So what was at the core of Paul's advice and wisdom? It was leadership. It's centered around finding the best of those in your group and inspiring them to lead. But the question then became, how to identify the best of the best? So for Timothy, who was at the church in Corinth, this is what Paul said. He said this in chapter 3, The saying is sure, whoever aspires to the office of bishop desires a noble task. Now a bishop must be above reproach, married only once, temperate, sensible, respectable, hospitable, an apt teacher, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, keeping his children submissive and respectful in every way. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household... How can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace and the snare of the devil. Now to Titus, who was at the church in Crete, this is what he said to him. I left you behind in Crete for this reason, so that you should put in order what remained to be done, and should appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Someone who's blameless, married only once, whose children are believers, not accused of debauchery, and not rebellious. For a bishop, as God's steward, must be blameless. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or addicted to wine or violent or greedy for gain. But he must be hospitable, a lover of goodness, prudent, upright, devout, and self-controlled. He must have a firm grasp of the word that is trustworthy in accordance with the teaching so that he may be able to both, both to preach with sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict it. Now we can see that the basic list of identifiers are all the same. You can also see that not just anyone's going to make this list. Some people will look at it and they'll see it for its face value. They won't dive deeper into the deeper questions uh, that these things beg us to ask. But that's what we're going to do for the next few podcasts. We're going to talk about the questions that arise when reading through this list of qualifiers. And there's no better place to begin than with the word blameless. Now, in some translations, the phrase is above reproach. If we were to take this at face value, then the obvious question is, who in the world is above reproach? Haven't all people sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? You know, there aren't any righteous people, not one. So if blameless means sinless, let's just stop right here. We're done. (laughs) Now, fortunately, in this context, the word blameless or above reproach literally means not able to be held. In other words, if charges were leveled against this person, he wouldn't even be held for questioning because his reputation is solid. I've heard it said that that this man would be Teflon, not Velcro. (laughs) His integrity is such that accusations or charges that are leveled against him, they just won't stick. Now, this is also addressed in verse 7 of the Titus passage. And this shows us the importance of this quality because the reputation of Christ is tied to that of the church. And the reputation of the church is tied to that of its leaders. I spent close to 20 years in Houston 
It's the same place where the seat of the Enron collapse occurred. Now, countless people lost their life savings while many executives who took buyouts and stock options, they were indicted, prosecuted, and they were sent to prison. Now, some of these executives were church-going men and leaders. And these men's actions, they damaged their reputation, they damaged the reputation of their family, and they damaged the reputation of their church. In fact, after this debacle, some churches experienced heavy losses because of the actions of one of their leaders. Now, I could go on and on about leaders who've acted selfishly, who've broken the trust of their family, their friends, or congregations. Each man's decisions have dire consequences. But in the same breath, I could also tell you about the men who have a track record of making great God-centered decisions. A quality these men learn from a life of following God. See, these are the men who are above reproach. When it comes to the idea of being blameless, this quality usually develops long before a man bears this mantle of elder or shepherd. What does it say in Matthew chapter chapter 7? Every good tree bears good fruit, while every bad tree bears bad fruit. By their fruits you will recognize them. These men aren't perfect, but they usually own up to their own behavior while owning their decisions as well. They're, after all, in the process of transformation into the image of Jesus as well, aren't they? So the question we have is, who do you know that is blameless, that is above reproach? Who do you know that has a reputation for living a God-centered life, someone who has a track record of making good decisions? Do you have them in your mind right now? Well, I'm going to encourage you to begin praying for that man, because if he's in your congregation... He knows you. He's probably already been praying for you. Why? Because this is the heart of a true shepherd. You've been listening to Grapevine Church of Christ. Subscribe to this podcast or to the Sermon Series podcast. For more information, visit our website, www.grapevinechurch.com.